Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joe, we are back here at Newport Beach, mm-hmm. and someone else is back to Newport Beach this week. Ryan's brother, Trey. <laughs> Hold on. Before we continue, Matt, last episode, Blaze of Glory, was a series wrap on Alex. Oh, I kind of guessed that. <laughs> they really they really series wrapped her because she also was like, maybe I'll just head back home. Oh, wait. No, that was Marissa. There was a second where Marissa was like, I'll just move back home with my mom and, you know, do that. And I was like, man, they're really just taking Alex down a notch. She's like, yeah. not only am I breaking up with you, I'm walking away from my dream job and moving in with my mom again. <laughs> um. Now, the big problem here is that we were getting a lot of great live bands from Alex. And is this the end? Are we not going to see any more uh, live concerts quite with the frequency that we did the first half of this season? Uh, It's definitely not like it's not giving what they did on One Tree Hill (laughs) with the club. Or even Buffy. Buffy had the fucking... Uh, club that was like every other week was like here's nerf herder here's biff naked (laughs) here's whatever bands upn really got a nice paycheck to promote this week (laughs) i did like i did i feel like they underutilized that venue for the most part but whatever once again i have to read my first note verbatim trey's getting released from jail and there's only seven episodes left until he gets um what you said at the end of this season can we get the rights to it so i can just sing the whole song uh <laughs> in the last in the last season in the last episode of this season it's just the whole episode is just joe's acapella performance of hide and seek yeah. by imogen where are we could you imagine us not picking that as the song of the episode? <laughs> well, oh, hold on. Now, I, now that we're, we've been doing this, I'm like, I cannot wait to get to the the season two finale to see what other bullshit music is in there. Yeah, because it doesn't fucking matter to no. anybody. There is never. I don't think there was another song more iconically used in a moment of television during my entire high school or college experience where like 
everybody was aware yeah. of this it, song and how it, it was it used. It has not come close since. No. Like, <laughs> the, I think maybe the closest for me personally, but again, it didn't have the wide appeal as the season two finale of the OC, was in season one of The Newsroom on HBO, where they used um, Fix You. <laughs> okay. I've also heard... And I mean, I like this song already, and I'm really liking the show. I'm, I'm almost done the bear, mm-hmm. uh, but ah. the usage of the song "New Noise" throughout the show, the bear uh, by Refused. I know people have been like, "That's one of the best usages of a so- of that song ever." Like, mm-hmm. just any time that he's getting stressed out, you hear like, yeah. Um. Anyway, amazing line early on. I think it's even before we get the California theme. Sandy and Kirsten are having a conversation about Sandy taking Ryan to meet Trey as he gets out of jail. And Kirsten's like, are you sure this is a good idea? And Sandy goes, you're afraid I'm going to want to adopt him. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? He's 20. Is that what they, is that the age? Yeah. He's like, he's 20. He's 20. So that can't happen. (laughs) He's 20 and an ex con. No, this one is 17. And you know, just, just had some trouble. Had me as a but lawyer. Then they invite him to live with them for a little bit, which is like not that much different. Like, like I don't. I know that I know that Sandy's heart is in the right place, but I also know how this all ends mm-hmm. for this guy. So I'm like, I don't. You know, this may have been a time where Sandy was probably wrong. <laughs> Possibly yes. Uh, but you know who else is back? My boy Zach. Zach. Attack is back. He is the only flawless, unblemished character in this show. Now, this aged very poorly. Uh, I wrote, yay, Zach met someone. I hope these spoiled Newport kids don't ruin it. Um, <laughs> I I bought the Francesca story fucking hook, line, and sinker, Joe. Wow. Um, but what I do love is that Zach was smart enough to weaponize the fact that Seth Cohen can't keep a secret. <laughs> I mean, you know, everyone's playing checkers and Zach really is like, you know, he's out here. He he could have been a villain. Like I would have bought Zach as like the next villain. He is so, you know, I said last week how whenever a couple has to break up, they need to dean the other person. Mm-hmm. And Zach seems to be the only exception to that rule. Um, now, there's still many more episodes. I'm sure that this could change my perception. But as of right now, I'm just like, Zach is better than Newport. Yeah. He is. He's just like a good dude. He seems like he comes from a decent family that like gives a shit about each other and stays out of the drama otherwise. Sure. Like, so hopefully, hopefully it stays that way. I want to just like a character unconditionally for an entire run of a show. So mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see if that's the case or not. Don't tell me one way or the other. Um, I've already spoiled a big thing for you at the end of this season, so that's true. Um, oh, does he also die? Is he the one who kills Caleb? <laughs> does he um what you say, Caleb? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it has to come in threes, um, right? So yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I he, I love it. You call it an um what you say. He loves you um what you say to him. Um. Trey is really likable in this episode, which makes it 
again, this is where like having the knowledge of how this all goes down in seven more episodes, because we're only seven episodes away from the finale mm-hmm. at this point in time. Like that that's harder for me to un- like I'm like, oh, man, how are they gonna how are they gonna take all the goodwill? Sure. How are they going to take all the goodwill from this episode and just completely flip it on its head in the next like six episodes to the point that like he has to be shot in a giant brawl to like stop him from killing somebody like it's it's a lot. So I'm very curious to see how we get there. Um, The scene with the watch actually did break my heart Mm -hmm. um, when He's like, here's the receipt, too. Like, it's just like, oh, my God. He really did try to do a nice thing for his brother. And his brother treated him like total scum. And But but they, you know, they, they run off together. And they're, they're, having a, they're having fun at the end, it seems, I guess. I don't know. I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens there. Um, but if we're going to break this into different chunks sure we'll finish up the summer zach thing zach made up the story about francesca he purposely told seth about francesca because he knew that seth would immediately tell summer about zach dating a girl um and we find out that zach never left the hotel room the entire time that he was in barcelona he was so heartbroken about all of that and Seth says something that almost broke my brain um, because he mentions the upside down rain kiss. And it was in that moment that I was like, Zach has only been gone three weeks. It feels like months have passed (laughs) in my brain. It's, it's very upsetting. I'm curious to see if they go anywhere else with this. If this is the end of Zach, if they're going to be a little bit more of Zach, do they just completely fucking, go against everything that the Zack character is. And suddenly he's like a douchebag who like kidnaps, <laughs> kidnaps Summer and holds her at gunpoint a la a different character. <laughs> but that's pretty much all we have there. Now, the Julie Cooper story mm-hmm. is the story that I want to follow for a little bit. Yeah. The porn identity. The porn identity. She tells Caleb everything. Caleb says, we'll pay the man, and then he doesn't. He gets the tape from the guy and then sends in some thugs to take the money back. And then we cut to this conversation where Julie Cooper is talking to Kirsten. And she's like, I can't believe that he just like immediately helped me out. Maybe he's turned a new leaf, or maybe he has a porn tape in his past metaphorically speaking of course <laughs> no um, one wants to see that nobody and kirsten's in la la land texting carter or whatever and she goes uh kirsten are you not hearing me i'm talking about erotica here like julie cooper's really suddenly this like shameful thing from her past she's just like talking about in the open with anybody who will hear it well it's um, also like why are you trying to get like I know I know Kirsten is like a basically your like de facto best friend but you're talking about her fucking dad like yep. if I would I would tune out <laughs> if you wanted yeah. to talk about like or any of my family members making Radiga. Exactly. 100%. 
And then they are throwing this big party to launch the magazine. And as Julie Cooper's up there and she's about to hit play to show all the cool things that this magazine's going to do for Newport, it's her porno tape. Mm-hmm. And first off, do you watch Cruel Summer? No. I only okay. know of the song, both the Bananarama, the Bananarama song as well as the Taylor Swift song. So there is a anthology teen murder mystery drama show uh, that's available on Hulu called Cruel Summer. Mm-hmm. It's great. Well, the first season is phenomenal. First season is top tier. It's amazing. Um, and the way that the show is done, uh, this is more background than necessary, but I, I just want the audience to understand the show a little bit too. Uh, is that it tells a story while jumping through three different time periods in which the story took place. So in the first season, it's about a girl who gets kidnapped or a girl who goes missing and then a year later they find her. And once they find her, she immediately outs another girl as knowing where she was and and didn't report it to the police. And the story is told uh, right before the kidnapping the middle of her missing and all of the stuff that happened after she pointed a finger at this girl. And she is like now shunned by the entire town is like an awful person and is like being sued for, for endangering someone's life by not reporting when she saw that a missing person was uh, trapped in a house or whatever. And, you know, you keep jumping, jumping back and forth between all of those timelines. And then at the end, you've kind of hit the middle of everything and it all clicks. It makes sense. It's very well done. It's very well written. Second season, not so much. But the plot point of the second season is that a dude is found dead. And there are two girls who could have possibly done it who are best friends. One is an exchange student and one is that guy's girlfriend. But... In the first episode, they're at a big Christmas party and they go to play a Christmas tape and it's actually a sex tape of the guy who's been murdered and someone, but we don't know who that someone is because they stopped the tape in time. And that's another part of the mystery is trying to find out who is the girl on that sex tape because they could be the third potential person. My point being that as soon as she hit play and this porno starts playing, I thought, oh, I see what you did, Cruel Summer. You fucking hacks. (laughs) You totally bit it from the OC. You bit it from the OC. And like, I have no clue how the fuck Lance pulled this elaborate thing off just by dressing up like a waiter. He was able to like hack into the VCR or whatever the fuck. Like that seems like a lot of work to go undetected. (laughs) Yeah, VCR or whatever the fuck it's called. Like it's just a whole thing, right? Like. It had to be a VCR. It's an 80s porno. Like, it's an obscure 80s porno. So also, shame on you, Julie Cooper, for whatever you're doing, having a VCR hooked up to it in 2005 when we had already moved to DVD by that point. Yeah. Um, But then kind of my heart breaks when Caleb doesn't admit to what he did he's just like you know you can't trust these guys you know they take that money and then they still destroy your reputation anyway like caleb you made this happen you piece of shit who doesn't know who jerry garcia is somehow (laughs) my favorite throwaway character plot point for caleb this entire episode is he doesn't know who jerry garcia is (laughs) i'm sorry i'm just thinking about 
um, Alan Dale, who plays uh, Caleb Nichol, uh, like l- completely being like a deadhead. Like, <laughs> yeah, he loves that song. Ripple, Touch of Grey, Hell yeah. in a Bucket. He loves it all. He loves it all. But that's I mean, do you have anything else you want to throw in there on the the Lance? Is this a series wrap on Lance or do we get to no. see more Lance? No, Ooh, there's it's more not. Lance. There's yeah. more. There's more, bitch. There's more. Is there more scorpion soundtrack? <laughs> yeah. The next one is like pour some sugar. It's just yeah. all the all the big hair all- hits. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're making an ad. Napping yeah. ads. I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> so um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The <laughs> Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the, That's ad. the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. <laughs> Look, I I honestly think that we're done. I think contemporarily we might be done with like sex tapes. I say that as soon as I said that, I realized that there was a sex tape plot on the current season of the morning show on Apple Plot on Apple TV Plus. There's always a sex tape subplot, and I feel like that subplot's gonna run out of steam real soon because people care less and less. Yeah. Everybody's got a damn OnlyFans in this. Yeah. day and age like who cares oh i just found out what apparently how you like get around saying only fans on tiktok oh what do you say apparently so i didn't know this and my coworker was like um my coworker was talking um about like a music video that he was watching i was like oh and it's you know we're gay so it's like oh <laughs> he's watching it's this gay music video and it's like oh i know that guy he's an accountant um, he he used to he used to bartend at this bar down the street, but now he works in accounting. And I was like, oh oh, that's great. And he's like, no, that means he does OnlyFans. And apparently, that's how uh, um, they do that. Is like you say accounting if you really mean you're going to do some like you know cam girl work oh. or cam boy work. Um, and also, you can't like say lesbian apparently, or they censor or flag you the word say lesbian. Sex. You have to say segs. Yeah, it's all about segs the time. But uh, for lesbian, they put it as la dollar bean, l <laughs> e the dollar sign, and then bn like. <laughs> so weird. So, so I'm weird. like, oh Don't... my god! Like that's my next drag name is la dollar bean. Like. <laughs> You should absolutely be La Dollar Bean. I love it. I love it. All right. So lastly, Trey is upset because Ryan doesn't believe him about the watch. He goes back to Chino. Uh, Marissa and Ryan go to talk to him. Um, Trey leaves him alone in the bar for an extended period of time. Mm -hmm. Ryan and Marissa finally conclude that he's not coming back to talk to them. They get up to leave. Some guy tries to buy Marissa a drink. He must know her. 
Nah. <laughs> he must know her. You bitch. <laughs> uh, they, get, they get into a fist fight. Suddenly, it's a three-on-one brawl against Ryan, which is wildly unfair. Trey comes busting in the save today, starts choking out the dude with a pull cue, and in the lamest piece of tough guy acting I've ever seen, Trey points the pool cue at everybody as he leaves and then dramatically mic drops it on the way out. And I'm like, that is not as cool as you probably think it looks there, Trey. And then they run to the car to the sounds of the only song in this entire episode, Havergal, new innocent trio allegory. Sure. (laughs) Uh, And they argue over who gets to drive home. And then they all go home for a family dinner at the Cohen's house. Uh, Sandy's wish comes true. Yes. Trey is so fucking hot. This actor (laughs) is like, it's the, it's like, it's the lips. Like he's got those DSLs. Look it up on, look it up on Urban Dictionary, folks, for you heteros. I think some people can break that code. That 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 anagram that you just gave yes, he's got those DSLs going on. He's like he has that like low straight guy voice that's sort of monotone. He's like you know, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, he's he's kind of the slightly more dialed up of on the rough trade meter than like <laughs> like uh, on that like Ryan is like. You know, just uh, it, Ryan's like center, so Trey uh, Trey is like just a little dialed up, just like a, a notch more. Yeah. <laughs> well, Joe, like I said, we don't really have a song of the episode this week because there was only one de facto. I guess it's that, or it's just California, California, by Phantom, <laughs> California by Phantom Planet for the third time. Um, so finally, pop culture promotions. Hopefully, in an optimistic world. The uh, the actor's strike has wrapped up similarly to the writer's strike. We'll still be cautious and not talk about stuff currently in theaters right now or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, a show that I love wrapped up its final season on Netflix this this year. And oh. another one that kind of went out with a with a whimper more than a bang from the public standpoint. Anyway, I didn't hear anyone talk about it. Uh, did you ever watch Never Have I Ever, the Mindy Kaling show? Oh, I I didn't know you were going to talk about that show. Um, yeah, I actually, yeah, I did watch it. Um, I think I, I believe I finished it. See, that's how not memorable it was. <laughs> that's what I mean. It wasn't, and I really did like that show. I think that Atypical to me is still one of the most underrated shows that Netflix has mm-hmm. ever produced. I think that that was like a flawless series. Like it never hit a lull. It always had a nice blend of comedic and sincere and dramatic. And never have I ever did hit a lot of those beats for me, but it Mm -hmm. definitely hit the beats stronger in the first two seasons and then kind of petered out towards the end. But I still think it's a great show. I think it's a show that people should watch. And no one, I don't even think people were talking about it when the first season aired. They certainly weren't talking about it when the final season aired. No, no, no. So... I uh, just wanted to kind of use the the platform that we have to just shine a little light on that. If you're looking for, you know, a show that you can knock out in 40, 30 minute episodes, like Never Have I Ever is is worth worth your time, I would say. 
Um, but if you haven't watched Atypical, prioritize that way above it. But uh, look at you having two. Yep, cheating. Um, well, cheating. I'm you know I'm it's our show. Bitch. We can do what the fuck we want. Um, <laughs> so Matt, my my pop culture, um, my pop culture thing that I'm obsessed with right now is uh matt rogers who is of the podcast los culturistas uh i've been listening uh since their first season since their first year of being in existence um i'm so like i they're the podcast that i have this thing it's kind of i call it like a podcasting curse where if you see a podcast like a live taping of a show um i Uh, it's most of the shows that I've ever seen live or like the hosts do a recording live. I like stop listening. Cause I, I like, I just like it peters out for me. It gets too popular or whatever, whatever. Las Culturistas is the only one where I'm like, give me a ticket. Give me another one. Give me another one. No, Las Culturistas is the only one still going on. That's Las Cult and Gilmore guys. I am so excited to say that like Matt Rogers, who, um, has had this comedy show that he tours around Christmas called um, Have You Heard of Christmas? Uh, the point of the show is that he does a holiday music, um, comedy holiday music uh, to celebrate the release of his album, but it's not like a real album. He's just, yeah. you know, doing it. This year, he is releasing the, a for real album and going on <laughs> tour with it and he has music videos up like it is so fantastic so i've been seeing matt rogers do this show he first brought it to la in 2019 i saw it in december of 2019 and uh excluding like you know what excluding the lost year including the lost year including 2020 21 22 and again later in, in a uh, in a couple months I will go see it again. Like I've been anytime it's in LA, I'm like done there. And it's become so a really fun need... Christmas. So here, time. so let me tell you something real quick about Christmas 365. So we're officially in the point where we're not accepting any guests right now. Dylan and I are trying to get, you know, November and December in our hearts is dedicated to the very special things that make us feel extra Christmassy. But then January, February, and sometimes a little bit into March is us recapping all of the new Christmas stuff that came out, uh, be it new music, new TV specials, new movies, etc. Do we need to have you on Christmas 365 to talk about this Matt Rogers album? Fuck yeah, you do, because he also, last year, he released it as a comedy special on Showtime. Ooh. Okay. So like they released a so he's playing the long game with this bullshit like he's he's <laughs> he's only toured the live show and then he toured the live show and then released a special and now he's releasing the album which is the crux of the entire joke and it's like full production too so like the first song is a gay club song um called <laughs> also it's christmas so the thing about this album right this like for real album is that it has like It's so it's kind of the epitome of my humor, which is like I love things that are really specific. And even if it doesn't mean anything to anybody or to me, I just love something that's just like so specific that you have to kind of do research about. And he has this song where he talks about how the, the song Where Are You Christmas is written by Mariah Carey. And so he does a like 
Mariah Carey early 2000s R&B that ballad where she kind of really leans into the R&B sound but it's from the perspective of Martha May Huvier as the hottest who up in Whoville <laughs> oh Matt I'm gonna spam about you this song. I'm gonna spam oh. you so hard with like YouTube videos right after this like I can't wait I, I, I'm excited and I've been telling people like hey as like someone who has a horror podcast and is like a spooky gay, like I really should not be consuming anything Christmas right now. But like I'm, I've you waved, let you I've let those Christmas wings fly, as I say, and Dylan with Christmas three sixty five. I'm in the I'm in a holly jolly spirit. I put together a Christmas party playlist yesterday. Oh my god! Because I plan to have a Christmas party in like early December, and I'm like, well, I got to get that playlist perfectly curated. Before, before then um but yeah i know that no one listening to our show wants to hear that bullshit so we'll <laughs> uh but yeah so early november then uh very soon from this episode coming out keep an eye out for that matt rogers christmas album and next week just keep an eye open for more of these goddamn white people problems Network.